0: Tarleton State catcher Cody Vinoy sits down one-on-one and goes behind the scenes with your favorite student athletes here at Tarleton State. Hear the unique story of each Tarleton Texan, where they started, where they are now, and where they're going. Welcome to the Journey of the Texans podcast on episode four. Today we have a very special guest. She is on the tennis team here at Tarleton State. As a freshman, though, at Florida Atlantic University, she was all-conference USA first team in doubles. She is a kinesiology major here at Tarleton State. Here she is, Miss Jimmy Aguilar. How are you doing today, Jimmy?
1: I'm good. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. We have this kind of the last week of the year. Appreciate you coming in your busy schedule. You're actually leaving for Florida today, so I appreciate you coming in and spending the time Um, you're heading back to Florida. But speaking of Florida, to kind of a little bit talk about to our audience kind of what childhood was like. It was uh, not normally if you're living in the United States, so talk a little bit about your childhood and like kind of your unique and fascinating story.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I was born in Venezuela and I was there until I was five years old. I came to the States, we lived about a year in Boston, moved because you know our country isn't cold so it was very cold for us (laughs) and for my mom especially so we moved to Florida and we're there about a couple more years when I'm 10 we moved back to Venezuela my mom at the time she's pregnant my sister and you know away from family and stuff so we decided to go back and she can have my siblings there as well so we go back to Venezuela and then Throughout those years, I was training in the States a couple times, so I was traveling when I was like 14 and 15, I was traveling to the States and back to Venezuela. And then five years ago, we moved back to the States due to the situation in Venezuela is very bad as food wise, security, and well, it's just, everything's not great there because of the dictatorship. So because of that, like many other Venezuelans, we've decided to leave the country, you know, trying to get a better future. So this is how we come back to the States.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, you talk about, you know, your family and and you talk about training and you have, how many siblings do you have? I have two. You have two yes. and they're both younger?
1: Yes. So I'm the oldest for 10 and 11 years.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So I have three younger siblings. 20 14 and 13 they're all girls and (laughs) lucky you (laughs) (laughs) but I remember you know I'm curious to see you know you talked about you know your training when you were training were they kind of coming with you were you here by yourself how did how did that work in those middle school and high school years kind of like how did that necessarily work
1: so during that time I actually was doing school online Oh, okay. So I was doing school here in the states. I did Florida virtual school. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. It's actually very common for tennis players in Florida to do it. Um really? Yes, the ones that want to do like try to go pro or want to play a lot during juniors and stuff and are, you know.
0: When what age is juniors?
1: Um, so I would say junior starts from 12 to 18s. Oh, okay. Yes, so pretty much your middle school, high school years. Okay. Yes. And so I was doing that, and my parents didn't have a visa at that time, so they weren't able to travel with me. So I was pretty much traveling on my own, and I would go back home and visit for two months, a month, depending on the situation, and I would come back. So I was going back and forth.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. So when you talk about the online school, why is that so popular for tennis players is it just because it's easier or is it because like the scheduling is so crazy for tennis players
1: so in a way it makes it easier just depending on what you're looking for as a tennis player or like the level you want to get you train about six hours a day so you'll train three in the morning three in the afternoon so a lot of these academies you do um that online school so you have you know you're able to adapt in your own time to do the school work and stuff
0: So that training – so six hours. So that sounds crazy in a sense it also doesn't. Like because – so my middle sister, Alexis, is a level 10 gymnast. Okay. So she does – I think she's 25 hours a week for gymnastics. More than half of their hours are dedicated to just working out and being flexible and being strong. And is that similar in tennis or is it a lot of skill work? Because in baseball – it's a lot of fundamental stuff. It's You're working on your craft, as we like to say, while in in tennis, is that kind of the same? Or is there a lot of physical more activity, like endurance stuff, since sometimes matches can last a while and you need that endurance, especially if it's extremely hot outside. So how does that necessarily work?
1: So pretty much how it usually goes is in the mornings you will do drills, let's say. So baseball talk, you'll work on your craft. Yeah and then you will have like an hour or depending of fitness, let's say. And you go eat lunch, and then the afternoon, usually you go into point play. So that's how it it divides, let's say, that you'll work in the morning, something specific. It could be either, you know, strategy, or it can be on your like skills, like something you've been missing or whatever that you need to fix about your technique and then in the afternoon you pretty much go and put in the work to play in a real match situation
0: so when you're training you're mainly training with other people not by yourself
1: yes sometimes. especially like I said in, in in Florida you have these group of kids so in the morning you'll have at least six kids that are homeschooled. and then in the afternoon you have the ones that come from high school that are in the same level as you but they go to regular school and you get to play points and maybe do more drills as well. It's a little bit more different, let's say, because you have that group in the afternoon, you'll do the fitness in the afternoon
0: with them. Maybe there's not a sport where you can compare it to, but what kind of sport is similar in that aspect you would think? So it's a little confusing on my end because in baseball we have high school, you have high school practice, and then you also have outside of that, you have like travel ball, select ball stuff that's like a whole different team and in tennis it kind of sounds like you're already on like a select team but also you can work for high school but you did online school so how did that work when when you're kind of like do you still have two separate teams and stuff like that
1: so no teams pretty much you're on your own um which is the beauty of college tennis so you're on your own you play junior tournaments you have all kinds of tournaments So you have the USTA, which is based in the United States, like all the tournaments here, and you can play, you know, your category. So like, whatever age group you're in, that's the, like, group that you can play. And then, you know, at times when you're really good, you can go a group above you and play, let's say if you're in 12s, you can play 14s, even 16s. But you also have different levels during these tournaments. So you have a ranking, and with the points of the... Um, tournaments that you start getting you can get in these like bigger tournaments and it's like regionals sectionals all these stuff so you get more points and you get the better players so i played high school in tennis actually because i finished my high school in florida so my junior my senior year i did them in florida and i got to play one year of high school tennis it's not a big thing i guess as compared to other sports high school tennis I wouldn't say it's a joke, let's say, for high-performance player, but it's really hard to get, like, a competitive level. Okay. However, so my year that we played, we got a lot of girls that, especially in South Florida, because, like, that's where more of the academies were and, like, a lot of the high-performance players were there. So we got a very good, like, strong state championship. So during the season, it was... You know, you play maybe one or two schools that were have decent players in the beginning of the lineup, but then getting to state, it's where you got like the better competition. competition, Yes. And then it was actually nice because it gave you a taste of how college tennis works getting into states. Yes. Because it's the same, you have the lineup, the doubles, everything how it works in college tennis. So it was like, okay, you're about to graduate. So this is what it feels like, you know, to be on a team. So it's nice.
0: Yeah. So. Talk a little bit about that, about how we already talked about um, how successful you had at Florida Atlantic, but talk a little bit about that process, in your college process of recruiting in that tennis world, because I'm fa- I'm super interested and fascinated with how the tennis world already works, but especially when it comes to recruiting, when you kind of don't have high school tennis or it's all about kind of getting in the academies and playing with the other best competition that you have in your area. Um, so what is that life like, and how did how is your story in the recruiting process, and what brought you to FAU?
1: So we also have to take in mind um, that I didn't mention. High school tennis, and I mean any high school sports, it's big in the States. But if we talk international, it's not the same. You don't really grow up playing sports for your school when you're in high school. Really? Yes. So that's, like, really big here. Um, I mean, I can say for Venezuela, you obviously don't have a tennis team on your school I mean it's a very rich sport so like if you play it you know it's very rare you don't get as many people or as easy you know having tennis courts everywhere like you get in the states so yes yeah, that's why the recruiting process is different if you're in the states let's say and compared to international so that's why you have so many tournaments so you have like you know the leagues and you have different federations let's say for your own country but then there's an international federation that you know you go um you play until you're 18 and you travel to different countries and there's people from all over the world playing i got to play a couple of them when i was growing up before i left venezuela and i played the call itfs and i played them it used to be one of like the biggest ones that we had in venezuela and it's funny cuz um i met this guy that's his name's Andre Rublev, and he's a russian tennis player he had just won the orange bowl which is a big tournament here at the end of the year, and he plays pro now. So, like, I saw him in juniors, (laughs) and now I'm seeing him do really well in pros, and, you know, I don't know what ranking he has right now, but he's one of the top players, and he's pretty young, too. So it's pretty nice to get to experience that with an international tournament. For my recruiting part, I had one year left of high school, but because you guys have the extra year, I had two. So I come here in October. I move um, to the States. So technically, if I would have, let's say, tried to finish school that year, it would have been very hard to do the whole recruiting process. I mean, in any sport, you know, you have to go through the paperwork, the NCAA stuff, the clearinghouse. It's, you know, it's not heavy work, but it's work. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know about it or you don't have anyone to help you, you know, you struggle a little bit. Like, where do I start? What do I have to do? So... Good thing is I had that extra year, let's say, that made me not be in a rush and not have to decide any school or anything, whatever I got, let's say. So, yeah, so I start that, I start um, doing the clearinghouse. We had a lot of people come visit in our academy. He runs a recruiting company and he does showcases and they do the showcase in our academy. So, he was one that helped me out, like, what I needed to do and my coach as well because he works with a lot of talking to other coaches or he knows people so he would help you out with the recruiting process. I started doing that with the help of the people from the showcase and I did two showcases. One was in the fall of my junior year, I believe, or in the spring of my junior year, and then the other one was in the fall of my senior year. There was so many, like, colleges. I mean. You know, you know, the big schools and all that stuff. And then when they came and they're like, we're from here, we're I was like, where is this? Like, I've never heard of these schools before. I was like, wow. And um, it's impressive because, I mean, transferred twice. So you learn this after going through all of that. But there is really a school for you. (laughs) And I think as being in high school, you have this idea of what college sports is going to be like, I mean, or what you hear from it and you come in and it's completely different
0: it really is
1: yes and so it kind of surprises you of what to expect and you're like well I didn't expect this you know I didn't expect everything to take so much time I didn't think I was going to be you know on court all this time and studying these amount of hours and study hall like all this stuff so I get recruited I have several schools you know interested it was like Bowling Green I had a UTEP um UTEP was actually like the first school that talked to me I was like okay I didn't know where this was and they're like yeah it's very close to Mexico and I was like oh that's cool until like we traveled and we saw how close to Mexico <laughs> they really are and we're like oh okay well,
0: you, if you haven't been to UTEP the university but I've driven by it on the highway driving to California and it is literally UTEP border Mexico <laughs> like it's yes. like the, the yes. university is literally like on the border that's when they say like it's close to mexico yes because i went to UTRGV and they say oh that's close to the border yeah but that's like it's a 20 minute drive and then there's three other cities in between Edinburgh and utep el paso is el paso mexico it's right there we
1: we drove by um this semester because we went to play utep and we drove to new mexico as well (laughs) we there was one moment that we just drive through and um one of my coaches she goes and she's like oh my god we're in mexico like in the map we're just passing by like the <laughs> the that little road just was like bordering mexico mm-hmm. and one of my teammates like oh i just received a message from team mobile saying welcome to mexico <laughs> and we we're just making fun of it like how like wow this is how close it really is like people talk about it but you don't realize it until you mm-hmm. like get there but yeah so i had a couple um universities there that were interested and then i learned being in the showcase is that when one coach sees you even though the other one doesn't see you they start talking about you so you start getting these very similar schools either that play each other a lot or are in the same conference that are also interested in you okay. so i did it i i wasn't you know trying to decide anything in that moment i go and i do this other showcase And I actually meet the coach from the University of Akron at the time. He was very, like, passionate of the program and all this stuff, and I was pretty sure that I was going to end up there my uh, senior year of high school. Then I also get emails from the FAU coach, but I never got to meet them. I was just talking, and I was like, well, you know what? It's not a bad idea, like, because it—so I wanted to leave Florida. That was my, my thing. I wanted to leave Florida. I kept saying, no, I just want to get out of here. I've lived, like, the times we've lived in the States, it's always been in Florida, so I just wanted to leave. I was very interested in Akron. And I went and visited, but before I had my official visit, I had my visit with FAU. And FAU is two miles away from the beach. Um, I went and saw them play, and I didn't get to spend too much time because there was, like, a mistake with the scheduling. I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I couldn't stay and I didn't know, like, what the plan was, but I only got a couple hours on campus, and it was really fun, and I knew kind of a couple of the girls there, like, known one of them that was a senior that I played her when I was, like, eight years old, imagine, like, tournaments, Mm -hmm. and I don't even remember her. My dad remembered her, so, Um, but then there was other people I knew from the area, and I just, like, fell in love, and I was like, wow, I can really see myself, like, here in four years, like, all this stuff. So then we go to Akron and visit. It was very different. And I told my dad, I was like, I felt like I was going, like I was actually going to United States this time. Cause I was like, you know, being in Florida, you have so many Hispanics. So it was close to home, let's say. And I felt so out of place in the airplane. I was like, I'm, I'm white, but I don't even feel white. Like I was like, like really, I felt out of place. And then I was talking to one of the girls that's from Mexico in spanish in chipotle and this guy was amazed that we were talking in spanish and i was like wow this is really different here like mm-hmm. to florida so yeah so i end up choosing florida atlantic um i go there for i'm there for two years
0: we were talking a little bit um before the interview started about your your freshman year and i i talked about kind of like the outline of how we would you know conduct and um talk about the the interview and i talked about it. i said we can talk about your freshman year woes <laughs> and you're like oh yes so <laughs> I like, okay well we definitely need to talk about your freshman year at florida atlantic because for those of you that that are listening every athlete that has come in here so far they talk about that freshman year and the reason why we talk about it is because you grow so much as an individual and when when we say that we're not joking because you grow and it's hard for everybody. Um, whether you're playing a lot whether you're a um, all-conference USA first team like you were in doubles whether you're successful or whether you're like a red shirt like me and you're catching bullpens the whole time you have your own struggles that you have to figure out how to deal with um, and learning so talk a little bit about that
1: so yes you're completely right because on paper it sounds like I had a great freshman year yeah it wasn't like that it was tough very tough mentally emotionally, physically. Uh, it was very different, like training-wise. It was very different what I was used to, especially tennis. I mean, no matter the fitness we did and stuff. Like when I got to college, I was I was running. I, I thought I re- got committed to the track team, literally. <laughs> but well, how
0: is how is the conditioning like? Because in baseball, it really depends on your coach, obviously, and how much you do, um, as well as the position. But what does conditioning look like at tennis, especially at the college level? And kind of that transition. I know it kind of veered off a little bit, but I'm curious to hear about what that what that life's like.
1: So yes, yeah, it depends on the coach. For them, they love running 400s, running miles, running stadium stairs. It was a lot of running. So overall, like you get five miles in a match, wow. but it's short sprints. Mm-hmm. So long distance doesn't really help us; it hurts us. Okay. So it was, you know, it was a little different because you're like, okay, well, my like I need this to be better on court why are we doing something that's not really helping me completely Mm -hmm. let's say so yes it was a lot of running my experience at FAU wasn't the best as with the coach me and her just did not get along we didn't click Um, it was just different you know and I think one of the parts of the recruitment is that we're scared of asking Questions, let's say that can, I don't know, either put you in the spot or something, but I think you have to ask them because at the end of the day, this is where you're going to go, at least for four years, or I mean, at least for one year, but the plan is four years, you know? So it's like, I never asked, like, how's practice? And I mean, sometimes you got to ask it not just to the coaches, but all the girls, you know, get input from everybody on the team because everybody has a different input. And for example, if they would ask my teammate, she'd probably say, oh, no, like, I mean, it's tough, but because she was the favorite, so she got a different point of view of how my training was and what I went through, let's say. So I think that's like one of the things anytime I've had to meet a recruit or anything, I would be like, "If you want my honest, like not me trying to convince you to come to the school is whatever you're wondering, even if you think it's something small. But it's better for you to have a heads up and know what you're coming into than getting here and being surprised like, well, this is not what they painted, let's say, on my official visit. So yeah, so my freshman year, it was tough. I didn't really get to play much um, singles in the season. I played a couple of fall tournaments. No matter what I did, no matter the hard work, I, I had something on me with, you know, the coach was always on me, let's say. Season comes, I get to play singles, things go, I only get to play, I think, about, like, three matches, maybe, and I get taken out of the lineup in singles. I'm still in doubles, I'm playing doubles with a Leona that she is actually currently playing pro, she's from Spain, great teammate, great doubles player, great tennis player, in general, so I started playing with her, one, we bond over, you know, being able to speak in Spanish, like, in, when we were in matches, we would talk about music. Like, it was very funny. We would talk about music. I mean, we would obviously talk strategy, but, like, it would be like, hey, have you heard this new song that, like, just came out? And we would just talk stuff like that, but we would be ready to go. And I played with her. After we got ranked, it was funny because they separate us because we weren't winning the doubles point. They were like, dang, after we get ranked, you know, now we're not playing together. But then they put us back together because the other teams weren't working either, so we got back together. And we kept playing. And so pretty much my freshman year, I was pretty much playing doubles. That's all I played until conference comes. And she made a mistake and forgot to put a player in. And so... You're talking
0: about your coach made a mistake.
1: Yes. So she made a mistake. And um, she didn't see the name and all this stuff. So one of our girls that had transferred in, she had played the whole season and wasn't able to play. She was... she was able to speak to them and convince them to let her play doubles but not singles. So I was brought in to play singles and pretty much hadn't played matches during the whole season except the beginning of the season that I played and I get to play in conference and that's when I get my first like college win and it's in conference in first round and um it was it was just nice like giving your point. I mean, you've been sitting out watching from afar, let's say, for singles and, you know, being able to get the chance and and coming through. It was good. Pretty much ended on a positive note because I was only put in doubles, so I was doing what I needed to in doubles and cheering on my team on the side and doing whatever I could for them. And then, you know, at that time, I was struggling a lot because I was running extra. I had to do extra conditioning, all this stuff that nobody else had to do, but I was the only one doing. So, mentally, I was calling my parents, I want to say every week, but almost, just crying, frustrated, because I was like, "I I don't get it. Like, I'm doing, I'm putting in this work, and, like, I don't get the opportunity, I don't see it, I'm still running, like, why am I running? I would run because one girl would lose a match, but she wouldn't have to run, it would be me running, so, you know, it was very unfair. So I was going through a lot, and at the courts, I didn't feel completely myself playing on court as well. I struggled a lot with my confidence, too. Freshman year, I considered transferring, but I was like, oh, it's probably just my first year. You know, you're a freshman. She's just probably really hard on me right now. It's probably going to get better my second. So I decided to stay. Stay my second year with hope things would be different. However, that wasn't really the case. I started Getting very very anxious and I mean I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat before practice. Like we in my sophomore year we had practice in the mornings, one days in the mornings and the other days in the afternoon. So even you know it was like at 1 p.m. I couldn't even eat before that because I would be so anxious of like oh we're gonna have to run so much and like all this stuff and and it's not the running it's also like the mental like part of it you know what I mean? Yeah I
0: don't think that's what you know people really realize. You know, my freshman year was similar with the mental side of things as well. And I think a lot of athletes really struggle with, especially earlier in their career, is they talk about, you know, when we talk about that freshman year and why it's so so hard. You know, when you're actually not a student athlete and you're just a student, they always talk about in college, don't go home your first semester is what they tell people. Because they go, if you go home, then you're going to want to stay home. You're not going to want to like, you need to stay up there as much as you can right? Like, don't come home until Thanksgiving, right? It's yeah. kind of like the rule, is what they say, um, because it's hard. And then well, you got to remember those in the student athlete. Not only um, did you have study hall hours there? Yes. Uh, how many did you have?
1: So I started, well, I had eight.
0: Yeah, eight. Yes. Yeah, so that was us too. So we had eight my first semester and then four the second semester because if you had 3.0, mm-hmm. you, you get to drop it down to half. So you're there already. And, you know, my schedule was I had a class at 9:25. I had two classes, so 9.25 to 10.40, then another class at 10.40 to 12.15, I think it was, or 12.05, and then I had practice that started at 12.30, they didn't end until 5, um, and had to go straight to the dining hall, because dining hall closed at 6, and then I had to go to the study hall from 6.15 or whenever it was to about 8. So I wasn't getting home for I had a 12-hour day. Yeah. You know, and I was riding my bike everywhere, so my legs were <laughs> exhausted because the campus was semi-big and I had to get around. And that lifestyle, it's, and you talked hinted about it earlier, is they really don't understand the work when it comes to college in that sense. Yeah. And, you know, I think that your, your freshman year and my freshman year, it was a struggle for both of You were still on scholarship though, your second year, right? Yes. Yeah, so I had mine taken away when I came back.
1: I got threatened though. though. <laughs> 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 Believe me. It like I said, it wasn't easy. Like I would call my dad and he'd be like, "What? You want to give up?" And I was like, "I don't give up." You know. Yeah. So mm, I had the, I um, had a lot of those calls. Too. Yes. So my best friend um her name is Kendall. She was my roommate freshman year. She can she can tell you one time I, I walked in we came back. It was fall semester. I had played a tournament we went to regionals and we flew back and the head coach didn't go but her sister which was the assistant she went we had been working on some things like for my match and stuff and i felt like i personally i mean i lost but i didn't give it away like i didn't tank i did you know what we had been working and i felt comfortable on the court and they were upset because you know i didn't cry after i lost
0: this Um, was the coach I, i hate you
1: And they're upset because they thought, like, I wasn't upset. But I was like, well, first of all, I don't really cry after matches. Like, it's really rare if you'll see me cry. But I'm the type that, you know, I'll be upset and I'll get mad. And I'll be like, okay, well, I missed on this, this, and that. But let's go. You know, like, Mm -hmm. let's continue. That's the type of person I am. There was one of my teammates that she would cry. So it's like, I mean, we're different people. You know, you can't compare, like, oh, because one does this means that she cares, the other one doesn't so she was upset whatever other teammates stayed because she was um doing good in the tournament so she was staying in extra days so we flew out and well i got you know told many things in the car and i was you know trying to uh, hold it together not say anything uh not cry until <laughs> i get out of the car my teammate gives me a ride to the dorms and i was you know upset i was like what the heck just happened like you know i t- pretty much got destroyed in so many ways, and I walk in my dorm, and as soon as I walk in that I see my friend Kendall, I just started bawling, crying, like I, she was like, what's wrong, I couldn't even speak, I couldn't even say anything, it hurt, like it hurt in every way, I was like, okay, well, I I wasn't expecting this, like, you know, coming into, to play tennis, like, I was like, I wanted to enjoy it, and so it was really hard to just get over things, let's say, or like, move on, um, and try to be positive in a way.
0: Yeah, because that's, that's, yeah, that's another thing, too, that I remember was, like, trying to, one, work on your own self and your own game, and as well as trying, like, well, I'm not playing or I'm not playing as well as I want to, so I'm trying to, to please the coaches, and, you know, when you learn, yes. especially after that, is you have to learn, like, okay, for the betterment of my health and my mental state and my physical health, um, I can't worry about them as much. Even though they write the lineup, even though they set the matches, even though they tell me what team I'm on, I can't worry about that stuff. I have to focus on myself, and you go, oh, that might be selfish. No, it's this thing that I've heard from Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. They say do your job, and when they say do your job, it means do your your task your job to the best of your ability therefore the team gets better so if you get better you know for you if it's your forehands you're struggling with or your backhands or whatever it may be you work on that because that's your weakness therefore overall the team gets better yes you know and so I remember that and then so you have your first two years there obviously not great yes then you go to Akron I'm assuming under the same coach right that you talked to when you were in high school so recruiting
1: yes and no I actually see him in the fall in a tournament in Boca Raton. So like FAU played this fall tournament and Akron was there. So I get to see him again and you know, we talked, he like said hi to me and stuff and like, how's everything? I'm like, oh, it's going good, all this stuff. I had actually in sophomore year, I had um, a wrist injury in one of the tournaments. I had a tendonitis. So I was struggling with that injury for a little bit and um, it didn't get better. I actually went into compliance my sophomore year in the fall and told them without even talking to the coach I want to transfer and they go like whoa like you know I mean if you go into compliance you can get in the portal without your coaches knowing all this stuff but you lose your scholarship rights if you sign I was like I I just can't do it anymore like I, I really couldn't like I was anxious I was getting depressed like all this stuff I mean and and you've talked about it about your mental health and I think that's one of the things that people don't realize not just in a student athlete but I mean in anyone like mental health is so important and it's so good for you to be okay with yourself and it's okay not to be okay that's like one of the things I tell my sister a lot to be able to talk about it there's nothing wrong if you know there's something that bothers you more than for other people it it, it would be something dumb I go in there and they tell me so I was like okay like thinking about it in the fall season starts in the spring. If I transfer, I want to be eligible. You know, I start thinking all these things. So I'm like, compliance talks to coach and tells them, hey, like <laughs> your player just came in wanting to transfer. So obviously I get a text and call and she's like, what's going on? I didn't know, you know, any of this. So we talk hoping, you know, we can get our relationship better. Season comes in. Well, at that time we only had four players. So we were short, like oh, we weren't wow. even a full team, yes. So she obviously also needed not less of a player. Like, she needed me, like, to stay, too. she just needed players. Yes, because, um, and the spring was going to come, but these girls were international, so I was unsure, like, okay, are they coming? You know, anything can happen. So, yeah, so these girls come in. I get put to play the first tournament. We play FSU. FSU's great in tennis, you know. You know, we didn't do that well. I've only played doubles. That first week of season, I get called into her office, and pretty much we sit down, we have a conversation, and it just ends up on, you know, I think it's better you transfer. So pretty much starting my sophomore season, I'm already in the portal. So seeing that, the Akron coach, about maybe a couple weeks that I'm in the portal, he goes, hey, everything good down there in Florida? And I go, well, you know, not that great. So we start talking all this stuff and I'm like, okay, I have two years, you know, to choose a new school. So I was like, I don't want to go to a school that I'm going to, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to prove myself wherever I go, but that I go through the same situation. So that was my biggest fear, let's say that way, especially because at that time I was low key ready to just hang my rackets. Like I, I really considered it. I was pushing everybody away, all my friends, I didn't want to be around them. I was, you know, very lonely and, and just hit rock bottom in that way. But like I told you, I'm, I'm a very positive person, so I didn't really like the how I felt. And I was like, I need to, you know, I need to get out of this hole I dig myself in, let's say. I had a friend at that time, he had just transferred into the football team, and he has a very unique story as well. Um, he was like a senior, I think at the time. and it was his first like year, kind of similar how you were saying that you're trying to get your first full season. So it was his first time getting it, but actually being on the field um, since high school. So four years like without him being on the field. And I saw him being so excited and so passionate and I was like, dang, I'm here. you know, I, ha- I have a scholarship. And even though it didn't go well, um able to be getting an education, my parents are not paying for it, I'm not going in debt. People in Venezuela can't even do this. I have a roof like I just started thinking about all these things I have and not thinking about the things I don't have. And, you know, starting being more grateful about like the little blessings that I was having even though it wasn't going how I had a plan. And so anyways, I started talking to the coach and in around May I was like, you know what, this seems right. I mean I've talked to him before, I was interested, i visited the place, so it's not, like, completely, you know, in an unknown place, so I was, like, you know what, I can do this, it's only two years, my dad was, was like, you, like, you're going to Ohio for just two years, that's all you gotta do, so I was, like, alright, you're right, so, I go there, but, however, in the summer, he resigns, and, yes, so, I go, and I don't know who's coming in to coach, so it was the assistant, but I never had a spoken to the assistant. And when I went and visit, I never met him. So, so, yeah, so I go into Akron. Very nice, unique year, let's say. So um, I get injured doing our conditioning test. I, this my, was at Akron? Yes.
0: So you get injured, and then as the year goes on, obviously, you said, so you're dealing, what was the injury? it was my ankles so you hurt your both ankles or one ankle?
1: so it was really weird i we did them and my ankles got swollen both of them and bruised up like very weird like we till this day we don't know why that happened but i ended up suffering an injury like on my left ankle so it started kind of in september fall and it went throughout the whole um semester and the whole season and actually almost a year ago in a couple of days it's a year I got surgery on my left ankle oh, wow. yeah and I mean I was able to play um, but we had to change up my training so I would do less stuff of an impact so yeah, so I was out for two weeks um, because of the ankles at first trying to figure out what it was and all this stuff um, um, I come back I start practicing and then I get a concussion so I'm out for another two weeks so, pretty much, um, the coach comes in about late September, middle September, he comes in. So, imagine, I've never met him, and then I get these little injuries, you know, right from the start. So, not the best look for me, let's say, or the first, best first impression. So, I have a concussion, about for two weeks, but then, you know, we're back. So, I started having to do, you know, extra conditioning, which I knew I was going to do because I had been out for almost a month and a half. And everybody was training everybody was getting in shape and I was behind so I needed to do catch-up so anyways I do that I was able to play like my ankle wasn't bothering me that much until with the extra conditioning we I had to pass my conditioning test and with that it's that I start getting again because it was running um, 300s that I start feeling my ankle and I end up passing the conditioning test um, we come back for season and I'm playing, but you know, I'm hurting. The season in the spring. Yes. I'm hurting. Um, I wasn't eligible to play in the fall because, okay. um, they messed up with my credits and I didn't have enough credits at that time. So I didn't get to play in the fall. And so, yeah, so season comes along. I was... You don't
0: get to play much because COVID, COVID. Yes. So, and then they, and then they dropped the program. Right?
1: Yes. So, um, we start in January, like As a tennis team, like, pretty much usually first week of school that you're back, you start season. I'm playing and stuff, and I am battling with, you know, the injury. I'm using a brace. Then I'm on a boot, um, walking around the boot. Like, I would go into the court with the boot on. People would think, oh, she's not playing. Take my boot off, play, put my boot back on. Um, Yeah, the boot and I went everywhere. And, you know, I'm, I'm having this issue for months now. So we decided to do an MRI and figure, yeah, I need surgery. Um, My coach is like, well, can she go another season? No, like it could be a tear. It could be a bigger tear. End up playing through, I can play through the season, but we had to, you know, adapt. But COVID comes. So it was that we were supposed to travel to New York, if I'm not wrong. And we were playing um, Cornell. And, you know, Ivy schools were the first ones to shut down last year with COVID. And, you know, I mean, everybody thought, ah, COVID, it's not that big of a deal. Like, nothing's gonna happen. It's just the flu, all this stuff. We'll be shut down for like a week or so. So we're like thinking, okay, yeah, spring break. We've never had a spring break as a tennis team. You know,
0: spring season, we're like,
1: all right, let's, you know, let's look where we're going. We're all excited. Like, what are we gonna do for spring break? And then I get a notification from ESPN saying, ivy leagues have uh, canceled their spring season and i'm like whoa what do you mean canceled spring season like the whole season not a week and i'm like well we're supposed to tr- leave travel tomorrow and go play them so i had a friend on the team and i get in contact with her i'm like hey what's going on and she's like crying like yeah we just found out that um our season got canceled and she's a freshman so i'm like dang like that sucks for a freshman year you know getting it cut short i mean any year and, yeah, so I called my coach, and I'm like, hey, I just talked to my friend, and she told me um, her season's canceled, so we're not playing them. And he's like, wait, like, he used to call me Floyd because of my concussion. Um, I had a black eye, so that was my <laughs> nickname. We all had different nicknames, so he's like, Floyd, what do you mean? He's like, okay, let's be in contact and figure it out. And so, yeah, that's how we get the news, you know, our matches got canceled. Um, and then a couple of days later, it's like, okay, season's canceled, and, you know, everybody's starting to cancel up. At that time, the boys were going into the men's basketball conference tournament, and they get it canceled, and it was, like, you know, very upsetting and stuff, so so yeah, everything started shutting down, and then I'm figuring, well, I need to do surgery, like, as soon as I can, but then they're not doing surgeries because of the whole COVID thing, so anyways, I go back down to Florida, and I'm with my family for about a month and a half, that in May, they tell me okay you have to come down and quarantine for 15 days and then after the 15 days is that you can get surgery so I left I think May 6th to go into quarantine and not till if I'm not wrong May 22nd is that I get surgery so yeah
0: wow and so they cut the program at Akron and then you are going to Tarleton and the, obviously you're here now, and we're obviously grateful that you're here. <laughs> when people hear the word transfer, at least for me, I f- think that most people think as that as a failure word. Yes. Um, and they think of it as it, it, it's a way we're going, oh, well, people think that they're either running from something, which sometimes they are, um, or it's it's not a right fit, or regardless, there's a lot of things that have with been transferring. Um, in baseball, a lot of it is, for me, I loved my time at RGV. We just got back from a series there, and I was able to see a lot of my friends that were still there, primarily because of COVID, but brought a lot of them back. There was still a lot of grad guys there. But for me, it was good going back to that place. But I remember I was hitting batting practice on the field, and I remember going, this isn't as intimidating as I thought. And the main thing, I think, that I realized is I remember – like we said earlier it was mainly of just I was always trying to like make sure that the coaches were always there and that I was always improving and that they would see my progress and then I realized like, that's not what matters so when I got down there again I was like none of that matters again it's just about me playing for my me and then that allows the team to do well and you know when they say transferring I mean you transfer twice once because program wasn't a fit and then the second time was because the program wasn't it it got cut wasn't existed anymore that doesn't necessarily mean like it's a bad thing and so if you're listening right now and you think oh i need a transfer well first you need to have first you need to seek wise counsel whatever that wise counsel is for you um for me and i'm sure for you is probably your parents right yeah so that was mine and when i went back and they took my scholarship you know there was stuff I still needed to learn from RGV, which was one thing about it. There was a difference. And some people, they need to leave after their first year, you know. And you need to go to another school. Or maybe you need to go to JUCO. Maybe you need to go to another school. Uh, but that's just that's just kind of how it works. And, you know, I think then once you get into college, and obviously you're studying, you're a kinesiology major, right? Yes. What's your emphasis in that? Or is it just normal kinesiology?
1: So... Uh, I was doing sports management there, but you know, because of the transferring, we got into Kinese. I want to go into broadcasting. That's okay. um, what I'm looking into. And I love that you invited, and when you told me everything that you're doing, I was like, ah, this is great because <laughs> I love sitting down and talking with people, even if I don't know them, and just knowing what makes you you. What's your story? How did you get here? Like all this stuff. So I love the fact that you um invited me here and I was like, okay, I get to talk my story, but I love <laughs> hearing other people's story. And I want to um emphasize on what you said about feeling like you failed. That's one of the thoughts that came into my mind when I transferred FAU. I was like, I'm failing myself. I chose this school to be here for years, you know, and I think you've heard this a lot of times in sports when you're playing. Control what you can control. <laughs> And that's yeah. what came through my mind. I was like, there's a part I can do, and there's a part the coaches do. And, you know, if we're not meeting, I can't blame it on myself. You know, I'm not letting myself down. I, I did what I could. You know, I transferred. When I transferred to Akron, I was very honest with the coach. And I told him, I don't like tennis right now. I am not passionate. Like, I know I have passion for it. But I'm going to go and compete because I do love to compete. And I'm a very competitive person not just sports-wise, anything, I, I, I'm i really competitive, so I was like, I'm I'm treating this like it's work, and I told him, but my goal is for me to get that passion back, so for me, with my three schools, you know, I read a book my sophomore year, and it was saying a Christian book, and it goes through saying um, how she went through her relationship and struggled, and had all these, you know, issues, and she's like, because of that, she knew what she wanted in a relationship. So, that's how I saw FAU. I went through all these struggles, and I was like, well, this is not what I want. Like, I knew what I wanted now more, going into a new school. So, I get to Akron. I mean, things aren't, you know, easy in a way, but um, even though there was tough times, I was still doing extra running, you know, how I was doing in FAU, let's say, but it was different. Um, It's the environment. The environment made it different, because I'm not focused on all the extra running I did, I I was, you know, fit in, Um, the coach was great, tennis wise, such a great coach, and I was starting to enjoy, like, I I would ask for extra practice, so yeah, so I started getting that love and passion back, and obviously, you know, it gets cut short, so once it gets cut short, man, my heart is broken, I'm sorry, like, boys can break your heart, but that one, that one hurt, that one really (laughs) hurt, and then, you know, I'm healing from COVID taking your season. And, you know, I think it was tomorrow a year ago, we get the text saying, hey, um, get in the Zoom right now. And we're like, what the heck? But there was rumors. So we hadn't heard from like the school for two months. There was rumors, there's, a, there's teams gonna be cut. We're, between athletes, we're all asking each other, hey, what have you heard from your coach? Nothing, nothing, nobody knew anything. And so I remember one of my softball friends from Akron, she's like, oh, it's definitely us. We're getting cut. We suck. You know? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, And it was us, it was track, and it was men's golf that um, got cut, part wow. of the track and cross country team. And it was a surprise for everybody. Nobody really expected our team to get cut just because one being a small team and, and also a team that was, you know, they just... Um, the year before, they got to the finals of conference. Pretty shocking, and it? it was upsetting, and also at that time, um, there were some family issues going on, so I was dealing with those between season as well, the injury, all this stuff. It was it was a little bit of battle, but yeah, it was very upsetting, and um, I'm like, oh my god, here we go again, like transfer again, but I was like, I, I want to play, you know, I want to play, but then my coach was also kind of intimidating me of the transferring process because he's like, you're about to go get surgery, and it takes a couple months for you to be back on your feet, you know, being able to play. Um, We didn't know if we got that extra year of COVID yet, so he's like, you only have a year, like, you know, not everybody, not every coach is going to want to offer a scholarship for someone that they don't know how, you know, how they're going to come back from surgery how it started, and it's, it's crazy how I got my second transferring, how I get here, it's not even because of being in the transfer portal, it was because, um, I go and I start texting all my tennis friends, my best friend, um, everybody, hey, do you know anyone that's looking, because of Instagram, let's say, it's that I get the opportunity of talking with Sonia, and, you know, I had other coaches, um, message me email me um and call me as well from the transfer portal but i was like i know it's in a way late in the process let's say but i didn't want to rush and make a decision of any school let's say like whatever no i was like i want to take my time a little bit i want to do it before i get surgery though so yeah so we start talking you know they asked me for videos all this stuff my records you know all this so i send my information and and that's when i start talking to coach coach and well I'm, I'm a really you know i believe in god and and i was praying and i was like all right you know you show me the way um because at the end of the day his plan is bigger than my plan and
0: um i i feel you on that on that that same wavelength that level and as we're wrapping up and coming to a close here i think that it'd be smart to give our audience a couple of key points to remember through your story and in my story a little bit is remembering like use your resources Yes. Like, make sure you use your resources when it comes to whether you're transferring, whether you're not, whether you're in high school too, use those resources to so those people get their contact info. Um, even if it's a, a friend like I, um let's say, for example, for you, if you're at FAU or you have a friend at FAU, like reach out to them, contact them, use your resources. And then another thing is when you say control what you can control. Yeah, you want to control, but you also want to control. What you can regardless of the environment. And that really shows you how strong you are as yourself and how mentally strong you are because it could be a good day, it could be a bad day, and the same day you're the same, you know, Jimmy every day, you're the same Cody every day. And you also have to remember what helps, though, to control what you can control is, you know, there's a saying that we have in baseball that says baseball doesn't build doesn't build character it reveals it yes and I think that's true with a lot of sports is you know people think and it is true especially when you're younger I think it does it really helps understand team aspects and really how to take authority besides your parents and teachers and stuff like that but it also reveals really who you are and reveals more of who you are and so and through that process you know as like you said earlier when you're talking about mentally strong you know sometimes you know it's okay when you're not mentally strong but you also need to know like it's not okay to just stay there like yes. you need to make a, a conscious effort daily um anything you would like to say to your family that I'm sure would be listening to this or any other advice you would like to give as we come to a close
1: um well I just want to add on what you were saying it's like not to be afraid to ask for help I think that's one of the things big thing that you know, sometimes we'll be hesitant, and especially in sports. Um, I mean, I kind of didn't say it um, throughout the story, but in each school, I had gone to counseling. I went and I saw a sports tech colleges. And in the summer, when I was going to Akron, I was in counseling every week. Because, I mean, you know, man, I, I can't say like words come short of how grateful I am um, just to enjoy everything. I have enjoyed being on the court this season um, with my teammates, with my coaches, uh, going to practice, like, it's just been a different environment. My parents came to visit, and, you know, they, they saw how happy I was, and um, with their broken English, they told coach, thank you, you know, because they've seen how, how much, you know, the process of, of everything. So, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, there's always a light in the tunnel, and tunnel can get dark for, for a while, but, you know, if you keep grinding, if you keep doing what you have to do, you keep showing up and putting in the work, it's gonna come. The sacrifices come. I mean, we've made as a family a lot of sacrifices, and we're definitely seeing them pay off. And sometimes you're like, when is it gonna be? But you know, it's not your timing, it's God's timing, so it definitely comes. So. Yeah.
0: Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the fruit takes to bro- takes a little bit longer to grow than you want it yeah. to. So. Yes,
1: for sure. But well, thank yeah. you so much for having me, and you know, just hi to my coach.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. I want to thank my guest, Jemmy, for coming in the studio and recording this episode. If you have any comments or are interested in coming on the show, reach out to me through my Instagram account, CodyVenoy45, all lowercase. Tune in next time where we will continue the journey. Have a great rest of your day and go Texans. <laughs>
1: Been a Tarleton Radio Network podcast with production from me, Taylor Welch, and me, Carissa Cole. Find more great shows by searching Tarleton Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.